Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, my friends, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Can you believe I've done 360, I don't know, lots and lots of episodes? How can I possibly talk to home service businesses that many episodes? I don't even know the answer to that question, but I'm more excited right now than I have been on any of my other most exciting episodes because I get to talk to my good friend, Brandon Vaughn. You know him. You love him. He's done some cool stuff. He's got a powerful story. He's super smart, insightful, and he's going to drop some gold nuggets on us. Brandon, how are you, my friend? Hello, Joshua. Hey, just to give a, a little, <laughs> that was not creepy at all, but to give some context for people that maybe aren't familiar with Brandon, uh, my version, the nutshell version of Brandon's story is he, he uh, his dad had a cleaning company in the Portland, Oregon market for over 20 years, I think 20 over 25 years, and it was an owner-operator, $100,000 a year window cleaning business. Brandon grew up kind of helping his dad in the business. His dad got sick, had a heart attack, and was told by his doctor he couldn't work in it anymore. He was going to be totally financially ruined, and Brandon kind of came in to kind of stop the bleeding and take over the business and buy the business from his dad, uh, and that's what he did. And then like four, I don't know, four or five seasons later, it's doing you know over $3 million a year, doing a half a million dollars a month of soft washing houses in the, in the busy season, uh, over 60 employees, automated beast of a profitable machine. And it's pretty incredible what you did, Brandon. And uh, I, I don't know, did, was that a good summary? And then you, of course, sold that business. Why don't you take it from here and tell us uh, what you're doing today and what's happened the last few years? Sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was quite a. It was quite a journey. Even looking back, I just told this story at uh, an event this this past week, and I was looking at my wife. I was like, "This is a ridiculous story." This, does, I mean, because my wife knows me. She knows who I am. She was there with me when I, you know, crashed and burned my construction company in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and when we went on food stamps and, you know, lost our house and. Uh, you know, really went through a tremendous hard part during my business journey. So, you know, even looking back on just kind of, you know, these last four to five years and, and what all clean has done and what the business has done and kind of where it's at now with these new, awesome, incredible buyers that are taking all clean soft wash nationally. Um, it really has been kind of weird to look back and reflect on that, especially, when I realized at the beginning, when I first bought that business from my dad, just how I, I had, I, I really had kind of like a pie in the sky vision and dream, but I really didn't believe it. And that was the part that was, that was really challenging is kind of overcoming that initial belief that something like that could even be possible. Well, that's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is the seven stages of belief. And yeah, I already know what some of the, the newbies are thinking. If you're just new in business or you're starving because it's winter, it's your off season, you have no money, you want like tactics. You're like, Josh, tell me the secret Facebook ad magic secret so I can make $1,000 this week to buy groceries. And you want to know the tactic 
and, and not that tactics are, are not important to some degree, but the real powers in belief, everything, the real money, the real wealth, the real explosive growth that you can have, it's all in your brain. It's 95% between your ears. I know that Brandon believes that too. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why I asked you to come on is to, to take us through these seven stages of belief. You know, this is a really powerful concept. Uh, so go ahead, take it away, my friend. I'll eat popcorn and, and learn with everybody. <laughs> I'm just going to go. Well, you better chime in too, because I know that you went through a lot of these exact same steps too. So, uh, you know, I think the the, the number one biggest thing, um, it just kind of provide some context with when I started my first journey of these, you know, going through these seven stages. Um, like you said, Josh, I just bought the business from my dad. Uh, and I bought it. I committed to $3,000 a month for life to buy this business. It was doing only about $8,000 a month in revenue. You realize uh, you overpaid for that business, right? Well, it's, it's your dad. I mean, it's family. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, no, but mathematically, you did overpay. How can you even cash flow that? Mathematically, I did. That's crazy. Mathematically, I did. True. Mathematically, it was, it was, uh, it was a very difficult, um, it was a difficult decision on you know what exactly the dollar amount was and and all of that. And I I definitely think that that was something. It's almost kind of like burning your ships, you know, in the harbor. It's like. Once you set that kind of a commitment, you really have no choice but to make it work at that point. But it was really interesting because when I bought the business, I told my dad, okay, we're going to grow the business. We're going to grow it up to a point, um, you know, to where it's going to take care of you and your retirement. It's going to take care of me and my family. You know, I want it to be automated. I didn't want to go down the same journey and path of, um, you know, working for decades and then coming to a point to where something unexpected happened. And then, you know, my business w- would be, you know, the bus factory, a bus factor of one, you know, I get hit by a bus and something happens and then the business completely, you know, crumbles and just kind of falls apart. I didn't want that to happen. So I set out a five-year plan and the five-year plan I had growing between anywhere from like 10% to maybe 20% year over year for like f- the first five years. And I remember um, I presented this to my dad. I was like pitching him. Okay. All right, dad, here's, here's the game plan. Here's what we're going to do. You know, first year, 20% growth. So hundred thousand dollars to 120,000, you know, next year, 15% growth, you know, hundred and hundred and twenty thousand to a hundred and you know, 40,000. And it was just like so incremental over these five years, uh, <laughs> which is a perfect illustration of what I think a lot of business owners have as far as their belief system is they have a, the first stage in in you know overcoming that belief is fear. That's where everyone starts out with their fear of growth, their fear of taking risks, their fear they fear the unknown. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know what's possible, and so then they set these really really tiny baby goals. Um, that sounded bad. No, Small no, goals. call it what it is. Is there baby? <laughs> It was, little tiny. I'm speaking more for myself. It was <laughs> looking back on it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's all that I, you know, kind of forecasted. Cause we, you know, in those, in those five years, uh, you know, rather than 10, 20% growth, we doubled and tripled every year, you know, continuing up through those, you know, those, those time periods. So the first stage though is fear. And I think we can all relate with, with that fear of failure. Uh, for me, I think I had a fear of success. I felt uncomfortable when my business started working because I felt like bad, like, oh my gosh, like I don't want people to know this is working. It made me uncomfortable uh, around certain people. There's all kinds of weird head games. Everybody has different ones, but there's there's a lot going on when the marbles are rolling around between your ears, huh? 
Yeah, and one of the one of the unique things that was kind of part of that was um, for every employee that I hired, for every truck that I added on, um, I had a lot of outside fear pressure. Um, for my dad, this was all a new journey. You know, everything was new. You know, when I hired on, you know, my second and third employee, he never had more than one employee who was, you know, a helper for 33 years. So when I hired my second employee, he's like, whoa, are you sure? Are you sure you're ready to do a second employee? <laughs> are you sure you're ready to put a second it's van a out there? It's a big step. It's not like funny, like, haha, that's so silly. It's a really big deal to hire your first or your second, third, fifth, until you get uh, maybe over 10, every one of them is terrifying. Right. So the first stage is fear. You know, everyone goes through this where their belief system is very, very low. They're scared of the change. It's unknown. So then they go into the second stage of belief, which is justification. And this is really where, you know, they talk about, you know, they, they either have their failures and previous past experiences of, oh, I, you know, I had a business that had, you know, multiple employees. I'm never having employees ever again. Um, it's so much simpler when it's smaller and it's, and it's, you know, just me, uh, no one can do as good of a job as me. No one can clean windows as good as me. Um, you know, this is good enough when you get big, it just means more problems. So they start justifying and self-soothing that it's okay to have not big dreams and big goals. Um, and that's really where this justification stage lies. Oh man, this is a deep rabbit hole and because <laughs> people, they, it's, there's stories that we tell ourselves where it's not, they actually secretly want big goals. But what they do is they, they play so many mind games with themselves that they convince themselves that they do not want big goals. Yep. But the truth of it is, is that they don't want to allow themselves to have them because of all the implications. They have to do all this scary stuff. They have to change. They have to, they could fail. They could look stupid. They could go bankrupt. They could do all this stuff. So instead, and this is cognitive dissonance, right? This is what this is, is they pretend, they tell a story to themselves, they pretend that it's unrealistic to do too much or it's evil to make too much money or it's uh, all employees are bad and so it's literally impossible. It's outside of their realm of control and that's how they justify it to themselves. That's it's so true. Yeah, and it's 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 a way to just kind of self-soothe that you're you're okay where you're at. It's okay not to have big dreams, big goals. It's okay, you know, to be exactly where we're stuck here. But let me tell you, uh, being in a place where you are an owner operator and if something happens to you you're in big trouble uh, that's a really scary place to be and I feel like most business owners should be scared if they are in that position I know that especially for me it's very personal because I witnessed my dad who you know for 33 years had his business owner operator and then getting heart disease everything changes everything changes if you don't have you know a savings account a retirement account something that's like you're prepared for if you randomly get a heart attack and develop heart disease or get you know fall off a roof fall off a ladder something ends up happening to you um, you know it's it's a scary place to be and and you shouldn't allow yourself to spend too much time in the justification stage because it's a, it's a dangerous place to be in mm, as good. a business owner. so good. the third the third stage after you've justified Third stage is, is the breakthrough stage. So this is literally where you've seen somebody else doing it. You see a picture on Facebook of this huge fleet or this, you know, this guy who's doing these huge big things, guy or gal doing these huge things in, in business in the same industry that you're in with the same kind of circumstances that you have currently. He is doing this or she is doing this. And then suddenly your belief 
is shaken. Now you don't know what to believe anymore because <laughs> you, what you thought was impossible, now you just realized was impossible. It is possible. Mm-hmm. And I had that moment for myself too. I actually saw uh, AC Lockyer's company. Um, he had this picture that he showed me in his presentation when I went down to California of his, you know, thirty truck fleet. And I looked at that like, wait a minute hold on a second. That, that seems impossible. I never thought that was possible in my industry to have a business because all I ever knew was an owner operator business model. So the next stage of belief after you have that breakthrough moment is denial. <laughs> denial is where you're just like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, you know, that never worked here. It never worked. There's just too much competition here. You know, have you seen this, this comment on Facebook, Josh, where that, that, that picture's photoshopped. <laughs> that picture, those abs are photoshopped. That's that, impossible. That that, that, that picture's <laughs> photoshopped. Uh, you know, you know how many headaches that guy has. You know, all those employees. You know right. how you know how stressed out he must be. Oh yeah, it's not about the gross. It's about the net. Oh yeah, that's and, that right know, there. That's oh, he's the not one. Profitable people. He's not profitable. They, they they love to beat up on the gross. Which you know, to be fair, what you keep is what matters. But that's not the whole story. The problem Absolutely. when people say that, what they say is they say, oh, build a multi-million dollar business. Well, obviously, I could do that at any time, obviously, because it's so easy. <laughs> I could totally sell $2 million, $3 million worth of stuff. I just choose not to because, you know, it's more about the net. You know, I don't want the headache. And what they're doing is they're dismissing the fact that it's extraordinary to even sell three. Let's say it's not profitable and the guy did it wrong, but he sold $3 million worth of stuff. That's an extraordinary thing. That could be tightened up and fixed and they could work on profitability. But to, to just dismiss gross as if it is insignificant, the only reason people do that is because of their own discomfort uh, of, of, of basically acknowledging that someone else did and it wasn't them. Yeah. Yeah. When, they, when, when they're using those types of excuses as a way to pick someone else apart to bring them down, that really comes from a place of insecurity, which is what denial is. It's a place of insecurity because you realize that you're not doing what you could be doing or what someone else is doing. And so you deny to kind of comfort yourself. And then comes the next stage of belief afterwards, which is depression. <laughs> and this is where you have self-doubt. <laughs> you feel like a failure. I feel like I'm reliving my past right now. Yeah, the, me too. Me too. I went through every single one of these stages, uh, you know, and I, I became depressed when I now you realize how big the gap is of what is possible and what you're doing and what your belief system is. You know, if, if someone has really, really tiny goals, you know, just like, oh, I just want to grow 10 percent this year, just like I had. The gap is small. It's not overwhelming. It seems very, very easy and very attainable. And you know what? You'll probably hit that 10 percent. But when someone says, I want to triple my business next year, or that gap is so huge. Now when that gap gets bigger, the size of the gap is directly related to how depressed and how anxious and how stressed out that thought makes us. Mm-hmm. So some people, now you can die in any single one of any, any one of these stages. You can get to a certain point and you can never progress to the next stage. You may never, you may look at a big truck and not have a breakthrough moment. You may look at a big fleet of trucks and say, you may not have a breakthrough moment of like, oh my gosh, wow. You just may look at that and completely brush it off. Never breakthrough that's even possible for you. Or you may die in depression. You ever seen those guys walking around uh, the conventions, the trade show conventions? You ask them how they're doing and they're just like, 
I just hate employees. I just had these people quit. And this market is just terrible. And it's just they're utterly depressed. They're completely unhappy with their business. They're miserable. And they die in the depression stage. Mm-hmm. They never move past A lot depression. of people, frankly, I mean, anybody even listening to this podcast is already a rock star because at a minimum, they're in the fear stage and they're trying to work through that. <laughs> a lot of people won't even start a company or, or quit the terrible boss or even try to be a, an, even an owner-operator because of fear. And if you have yeah. a business, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not even about how big a business is either. It's not about you know, oh, wow, you could have a huge business. Everyone's why is different and everyone has different motivations for what they want to be. And I'm not saying the ultimate mecca of being a business owner is having a huge business. It's not. Mm-mm. It's having a business that fulfills your why, fulfills your life goals. Uh, and that could be different sizes for different people. Um, so the, the next stage of the business growth is, after depression is acceptance. Uh, next stage of belief. Humility. This is where, <laughs> this is where you finally accept it, and you realize that your belief system is the problem. That you are the bottleneck. That you are the one who needs to develop as a leader. That you need to accept guidance from others, from people that have been exactly where you want to go, and that you need to change. And, you you know, it's, it's making the decision to change. It's not changing. It's just understanding that you are the bottleneck and you're the one that needs to accept the change. Mm-hmm. I've told this story on the podcast before, but for me, my original goal is $500 a week. If I could just figure out how to replace my pizza delivery income, then <laughs> everything would be okay. And I would get yeah. so stressed out and I had scrap paper with scribbles all over it. And and I was like, okay, four customers, $125 each. That equals 500. If I could just do that every week, I could be free from pizza. And I actually liked delivering pizza. It was a really fun <laughs> job. But um, then I went online and I saw a forum. And a guy posted about how he had his first $30,000 month cleaning windows. And I went through, like, all these stages. It, like, blew my brain apart. I'm like, you liar. This is fake, you troll. You know, and then I remember, like, six people commenting on that. Like, oh, hey, way to go, man. I remember my first $30,000 month. And then I'm like, what is this magic, evil wickedness? What is this trickery, right? And I slowly figured out, oh, my God, I am really, really, like, in case, like I don't know anything. I realized how empty my knowledge was, my expertise was, my level of action was, everything, every category. I was just woefully falling short. Um, but anyway, sorry. It just reminded me of the pain of that, Brandon. Thanks a lot. Hey, no problem. No problem. You need a couch <laughs> to lie down on? <laughs> I did then. I think a lot of people listen to this. They relate the exact same way. Every service business owner, you, me, we've all gone through these stages. I mean, it's it's... And that's, I think, one of the, the coolest parts about, you know, what uh, what we do now, you and me, you know, we we have the privilege to be able to, you know, coach some people and talk to people about, you know, working through their belief systems and actually provide them with actionable things to actually, you know, change and be, be better prepared so that they don't have to be crippled in fear because they don't know what steps to do next. They get that clarity. We've seen the benefit at, you know, the AGSX event and, you know, things like that for when people start getting clarity. Uh, but just once you hit that acceptance stage, the next one, which has a good size gap is the gap from acceptance into execution. Mm. So the last stage 
of these seven stages of belief is execute. So just just to recap, we've gone through now now we're to the execute stage. Our first one was fear, then we justified, then we had a breakthrough moment, then we went into denial, then we were depressed, then we accepted that we were the bottleneck, and then the last final step is actually executing on it and doing something new. One of my favorite quotes, I actually have it up in my office is to do something you've never done or to get somewhere that you've never been means to do something that you've never done. And I think that's the, the hard part is, is that people associate failure as being the opposite of success. These things are so tightly uh, wound together that uh, you can't separate success from failure. You have to have failure as a part of success. It's like you a have- natural byproduct of growth, right? Kind of, I, the analogy I like is when you lift weights, the science behind how you get muscles. And I, if you've seen a picture of me, you know that I am the expert about muscles for sure. Um, <laughs> no, but when you lift weights, you tear your muscle. You know, you could call that a failure, right? And when you're bench pressing, they'll oftentimes say you bench until failure, right? You're that's how you grow. You tear the muscle down and it rebuilds with more muscle fiber than before. Yeah. So, you know, executing means that you're going to make mistakes, uh, but you have to do something new. You have to embrace that there are things that, you know, you will do that will be scary. They'll be freaky. Um, and I remember, you know, for myself, one of those uh, big execution moments that was very scary was I went out and I, I got a coach. I went out and got a coach and decided to invest back in myself. And, um, you know, Josh, I know you've done the same thing as well and in investing in yourself. And, and once you realize the size of that gap and you realize that someone out there who's already done what you've done, uh, they can jump in and, and help you and coach you through that and, you know, help you walk that path. Uh, that is an execution step to actually start immediately affecting change. Yeah. hundred percent, man. It, this is such a good, like, digestible set of information, the fear, justification, breakthrough, denial, depression, acceptance, execution. Um, it's just really, really good. Like, I really think people are going to freak out over this. This is, it's just valuable. And when it comes to execution, let's talk about that for a second. Um, people will procrastinate or they'll do, they'll, I don't know if they tell themselves stories again, but there's, there's things that we do to keep ourselves busy, but it's not really execution. There's things that we tell ourselves or spend our time on that aren't really moving the needle. And it's really because we go back to fear again. I don't know if, if we keep cycling through these seven stages of belief over and over or something. Absolutely. Or people just get Absolutely. stuck. But you have a great acronym that you've been saying lately called LIE, right? Don't mm-hmm. lie to yourself, meaning lacking in execution. But to be clear, execution, you're not talking about you know, getting obsessed with the ball bearings and the PSI of the muffler bearing blinker fluid technical (laughs) side of the whatever. You're not talking about executing by spending all day on the internet chat boards, asking people's opinions on EDDM versus send Jim or asking people about Facebook ads versus Google AdWords. Like that's like an advanced, sophisticated form of procrastination. That's what I see people do a lot. That's what I myself do a lot, if we're being honest. Um, how do we get out of that? How do we actually jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down? What do you think? Well, I think, uh, I think that, well, I'll just share my personal experience because for everyone, their, everyone, their journey is going to be a little bit different. And I think the really difficult part about where we live right now in social media and the world, you know, how we get information, how we process information, how we execute information. uh, I think that 
now as business owners, it's a lot more complex to navigate what to do next than it used to be before we had all this information and opinions. I mean, like before, you know, you, 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 if you think, you know, back in the, what, the, the 70s or the 80s, uh, business owners, they just had to test things out to figure out if they were going to work. They just had to test it. Like they, they, they didn't know. Maybe they had a friend that they could talk to that maybe had done it before. Maybe they had a little tiny local group that they, you know, connected with and talked to, but literally it was just inside their own town. If they didn't have any friends that were business owners, like, you know, you couldn't really bounce ideas off. You just had to execute and test and then measure the results and then make some tweaks and optimize a little bit. But now I feel like business owners are really spoiled almost to the point of a problem of so much information available at their fingertips. And the, the, the second component of that is so much opinions that exist on what you should do next. Mm -hmm. Anybody can be a keyboard warrior. Anyone can hop online and they can just write, here's exactly what you gotta do. Oh, employees are terrible. Don't hire employees. No, it's way too early for you to, you know, for you to get a salesperson. But really you need to find a, a tight knit community of people who A, share the exact why as you, or at least understand exactly your why. Because people giving advice from a point of just their own filter is not good advice. They need to be within your filter of what your life goals are, what your you know your mission is, exactly. what your values are. You can't are. even give people competent advice unless you have context around what they're trying to do. How much debt do they have? What's their margin? Are they right. offering too many services? So like online, when someone says, should I hire an employee? That's an unanswerable question to anybody that is qualified to even give good advice. Like they wouldn't even answer it. They'd ask more questions first. And it's a crazy world out there. It really is. There's a lot of keyboard warriors. And even with the Automate Grow Sell, like boot camp group and stuff, a lot of the people that post in there most often have the smallest businesses. And I'm like, where are all these other people? Well, they're doing, you know, $900,000 in gutter cleaning and they're busy. They're building their business. Um, so there's a balance of like leveraging competent advice and community and sifting out bad opinions, but also just just imperfectly going and doing stuff too. And yeah. if it's okay with you, it, I, I have like an exciting announcement that I want to announce that I haven't announced on the, on the podcast yet. So people that were at Automate Grow Sell Experience know this, but Brandon and I, we're business partners now. We're working together now. And Brandon sold his company. He had a seven-figure exit, which is insane to sell a company for that much money when it was only doing a hundred grand a year a few years before that. And I know, I'm not saying that to like, I know you wouldn't say that, but I want to put that out there because it's an extraordinary result that came from massive amounts of hard work, massive amounts of fear and justification, breakthrough and denial and depression acceptance that you went through 17 times <laughs> in the last five years. And it's extraordinary. And when I knew that you were uh, making an exit and you were going to sell, um, we started talking and you were already helping me with Automate Grow Sell before because you loved helping people. You came as a mentor and you kind of fell in love with the whole thing. And I remember after our first live event, you like you had this weird look in your eye and you kept pulling me aside. You're like, Josh, this is the greatest thing I've ever been to ever. I, I, I want to do more. How do I get involved? How, and we started talking more. And uh, at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to take Automate Grow Sell to some extraordinary height by myself. You know, this whole thing happened 
not with a master plan. And just to give the the audience a kind of a recap of what I'm talking about, I had a home service company. I was had dirty fingernails from cleaning gutters. I was growing my business, right? The last couple of years before I sold, uh, it was automated. And I was I had free time. I started messing around with software and stuff. Well, when I sold my company and moved to Costa Rica for a year and a half, that's when I started this podcast. I didn't have a master plan. I just had a lot of things I wanted to share. I wanted to help people. And that's the truth of it. And I made my cheesy intro and I sat in my little Costa Rican villa with the monkeys in the background. I recorded podcasts. And I did that and I created Automate Grow Cells first product, which was the boot camp. We've sold hundreds and hundreds and I don't know how many, maybe four or five hundred boot camps or something. And it's it was amazing. And so as that community grew, I'm like, all right, well, how can I help people more, right? Because only a small percentage of the boot camp buyers were getting an extraordinary result. And so I was confused by it. And so I remember when I came up with the idea for the live event, I was like, all right, what if I got these people in a room and we just fixed their stuff? Right. Because they just like they must be stuck on something and it's too hard to just do everything through an online course. If they come to my house, if they come to Michigan, we'll literally like fix it. We're just going to like rip open their books, understand the numbers, smack them across the face, be like, put yourself together. You could do this and then build the plan, build the sprint, put them in community. I'm like, all right, community is the answer. And it is the answer. But then after we did the event. We had this crazy idea, me and Brandon, and we're like, what if we could take. What we just did here, which is people crying, businesses being changed, marriages being restored, vision being created, right? Dreaming again, all this stuff, like power, I'm getting chills right now. Powerful, powerful, and it was fun. It was so much fun, but we also, you know, got a lot done in in just three or four days. What if we could take what this is and carry it forward through the whole year? Like, what would that look like? Because I always said, you know, community plus clarity equals um, conquer, right? But the thing is... Community plus clarity plus accountability. Right, but that's the... But but originally, for the live event, the first one, it was community plus clarity equals conquer. And we did it, and people got great results. It was awesome. That's why almost every single person came back the next year. But, But what we realized was that there's one final piece missing, the linchpin, the final thing that would guarantee the highest percentage of any hungry person, the highest likelihood chance of achieving whatever it is that they're, they're targeting in their business, and that's accountability. That is the thing. And so in secret, at this year's Automate Grow Cell Experience, I'm sorry I'm being long-winded. I just want to really take this time to really lay this out because this is a big deal, what we're announcing right now. We, we launched a program called Conquer. And Brandon was beta testing it with people for months in advance. We, we kind of laid out what it was to the people at our event. Almost every single person in the room immediately signed up for it because it's logical and it's congruent with, like, with everything, right? So you got to have clarity. You have to understand uh, how to not get distracted and what systems you need to build and what order you need to build them. And you got to have community so that when you're down, they can pull you up. And when you're up too high, they can pull you back to reality so you don't get distracted. But accountability is the thing where everything falls apart and breaks breaks down. Because when you go home and you have a perfect plan, what's the reason that perfect plan doesn't get executed, which is what we were talking about, the seventh stage of belief, the execution stage? It's, it's really just because we're not accountable as business owners. We don't have a boss. We can do whatever the heck we want. Mm-hmm. We get distracted. We procrastinate. And, and that's a problem. So with that being said, add your thoughts and explain what Conquer is, why both of us are so excited about it. I think the, 
the, I mean, what, how the way you described the birth of Conquer is just absolutely perfect. I mean, I remember when we were at the tables and the way that we had this structure of uh, our automate grow sell experience was uh, four businesses sitting at a table with a mentor, someone who's been where they want to go. They've been there. Like they have, they have the business, they have the work-life balance, they have exactly what it is that these people want. Uh, but the mentors act more as facilitators. So um, at these tables, we'd go around, we'd figure out exactly what is the most, number one most important thing they need to be working on their business. Because as a business owner, there's dozens of focus areas that you can you know, choose to focus on at any given point in time. But as a business owner, you can only do one thing at a time. And a lot of people were very lost because they didn't know what the next progressive step was. So all the mentors that we had there in the group um, were very successful business owners. One of them had uh, scaled the business from 10,000 a month to over two million or no, seven million dollars a month, 10,000 to seven million dollars a month in two years, helped the company scale. Uh, we just had incredible mentors and rock stars that were there at the tables. Well, remember Michael Kaplan in the first year, you know, just just your average carpet cleaner. Who, yeah. did, who did like a million and a half dollars a week in carpet cleaning or some crazy thing. <laughs> yeah. So we, these, we had these mentors there and, and they were facilitating the, the conversation, providing really in-depth clarity, but then actually putting an action plan in place. And um, that, that format that we had, it was like just the right number of people to have four people inside of this mastermind group. Uh, we actually arranged people at the tables based upon what stage of business they were in. Because, you know, when you're like in a mastermind group and, you know, maybe you've been in this before to where either you feel like you're the smallest company there and you feel like you're kind of bringing the group down or you're at the height of the group and everyone's like using you for free advice and like constantly asking you questions. Oh, yeah. So being in that similar kind of thing is that similar stage of business growth was really powerful. But then to have that facilitator, that mentor, uh, that coach that was there uh, was really powerful. So we modeled it exactly after this event. That, that event was so successful, we had 95% of people put a deposit down at that very day for next year. I think we're triple booked over. Yeah. I don't know how the heck we're I didn't announce it yet. Now people are going to freak out, but there's <laughs> going to be like no spots out. for – yeah. I don't know how in the world it's going to happen, but we literally have no spots already for next year unless we decide to do something, you know, different or I don't know. But uh, so we knew that was massively impactful, massively successful. So we so the way that we set, structured Conquer is we take four business owners that are in similar size industries or similar size businesses and in similar industries. So similar things that they're working on. Uh, the Conquer groups that some of our coaches work with, they they're all like when they have conversations, they're all, they're all at a point where they need to hire a salesperson or an office person, or they're all working on the same thing, putting together their training programs. So there's this massive collaborative value, uh, but they meet weekly together as a mastermind group, a private mastermind group for business owners. But the coach is there every single week as well, guiding the conversation, making sure that people don't get lost in the weeds, uh, providing their own personal experiences in business and helping to facilitate this conversation. It's been life-changing for people. We had one one of our conquerors in the group where literally he had like uh, he had his numbers where it was um, it was something like two thousand and seventeen four thousand dollars this month, 
Then the next year for the same month, it was like 5,000. And then this year, he's been in the program for going on a second month. He had like $25,000. I mean, it just like <laughs> 5X his monthly so revenue. Awesome. And we have so many wins like that because every single week, the focus is what are you committing to get done next week? And the coach makes sure that the thing they're committing to get done is the most important thing they need to be working on. Not like, oh, well, I'm going to, uh, you know, wash, wash, you know, two dozen houses, you know, this next week. It's like, no, that's not the most important thing. You need to work on your business systems, your training systems, your, you know, your processes, uh, you know, how to replicate yourself. If you say you're going to go out in the field, how can we delegate that to someone else on your staff? How can you be a CEO? So they get that clarity. And then once a month, uh, the, the coach meets with them one-on-one and does a really in-depth dive on exactly where their business is at, reviews the last month, figures out what their next 30-day sprint is going to look like. Um, it provides such clarity. And this structure, is to me, I feel like it's the, the equivalent of the golden ratio in, in, you know, in a coaching program because it's, it's laying out the accountability steps. And the pressure that you get from your coach and the four – the three other uh, business owners that you respect inside of your group, I mean, we had one conqueror that said, literally, I've been working on this program. It's been in my mind. It's been masterminded out. It's been mind mapped out. I have all these documents. The contract's 50% done. This website is 40% done. It's been this way for four years. And finally putting it down as an accountability of what he was going to accomplish by next week, he finally got it done. And he's now finally rolling it out for the first time in four years. Unreal. The problem is, is because we all have entrepreneurial ADD. We get very scattered. We get very overwhelmed by social media. We don't know what steps to take next. And for me, in my personal experience, I knew what the impact was of having a coach because I met with a coach every single month. Every month I met with her and it was a, a game changer for me too. It broke through my limiting beliefs. It helped me actually execute on my plans. And she would say, okay, what are you going to accomplish and get done? So the next time I see you, this better be done. And I was like, okay, yes, ma'am, I'll get that done. <laughs> and I did, <laughs> you know, typically like a few days before I'm actually meeting with her. Right. So that is very uh, true, but it still gets done, which is the important thing. But isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. So, so we have, so as part of the Conquer program, you're meeting with your coach literally five hours every single month. And these are coaches that would charge, you know, two to $500 an hour for their time. Uh, they, they are doing big things in their businesses. They are high level executives and CEOs. Uh, so you get five hours a month there. And then the other component that you get is what we call base camp. And base camp is basically a library full of videos, courses, books, and business systems that you that are done for you examples of how you can execute them straight away in your business. So if you say, hey, I really need to hire this position, I've never done an offer letter or a job description uh, or a compensation structure, uh, you can go into Basecamp and literally just one click, just download it and just have access to those. And what we're doing now is we're building out literally every single possible business system that a company could utilize and show examples of these things so that people don't have to spend the thousands of hours like I did over these last five years, which was very stressful, uh, building all of these systems, they can just use one turnkey just ready to go. And the value of Basecamp is almost priceless, in my opinion. It really is. And that comes with this part of the Conquer program as well as the private Facebook group that we have. That's right. So check this out. People who don't pay, don't pay attention. And if you are in a mastermind group with some of your friends, that is incredibly powerful. 
Oftentimes what happens with something like that, because there's not a high-level structure behind it, is one of the people in the group, the one that's facilitating it, gets overburdened. They're the one making sure everybody shows up. They're kind of driving the train. They went and recruited everybody to show up, and it doesn't work the same because there's no skin in the game. The other thing is, is you don't oftentimes have someone that is much further ahead of you to give you specific expertise, access to the the exact systems and frameworks that you need to go from point A to point B to point C. And Conquer solves that, right? So you get the accountability. You meet in groups of four with a coach every week for a year. This is a one-year program because doing it for anything less than that doesn't even make logical sense. It's a big commitment. Uh, And I tell people it's like focusing on the marriage instead of just the wedding, right? So it's super fun and sexy to have a little call with your buddies and shoot the shoot the crap about business and stuff but that's not going to move the needle for you but what will move the needle for you uh, is joining a program like this you have hundreds of pre-built systems a, a private facebook group with all of the other conquerors who are deeply committed to the results they're trying to get uh, and you have a coach that is assigned to you that you meet with weekly uh, in the accountability group so that's what it is now there's some other stuff you guys need to know number one is how how do you like get more information about this, which I'll have Brandon tell you in a second. Uh, but you also need to know that we have limited like availability for this program because it's so hands-on, right? It's very hands-on. And we have you know a certain amount of Conquer coaches that have been certified, that we've spent a bunch of money getting trained and certified so we can standardize what's happening in these groups, uh, kind of based around the five stages of business. Um, and they only have so much bandwidth because they're running companies and doing things. So uh, there is a little bit of scarcity that's real. And you're going to want to move on this quick if you have any inkling of interest. You're going to want to fill out an application so we can see if it's a good fit. Not everybody's accepted. Uh, Brandon, explain some of the more finer details on what they should do next and how it works. Yeah, the website that we have is agsconquer.com. So AGS as in automate, grow, sell, conquer.com. And uh, there's a very cheesy video of me walking through the program. Um, I'm not the best person on video, but I do describe the de- the, the details of the program itself. Uh, and then you'll get a chance to go on there and meet all of our coaches that we have and take time to look at their bios. I mean, this is not, you know, I think one thing that's really interesting about the, some of the Facebook conversations that I've seen in some of the groups lately is, you know, should we have coaches that are vetted or certified? And I think that there's a lot of people who profess to be coaches that at the end of the day, either they're not a professional coach, they don't really know how to provide maximum impact. Even if they've done it, they haven't really, um, you know, they don't have the, the experience to be able to guide someone else along the path in a nice structured way. But then the secondary component of it is there's a lot of coaches that just simply haven't done what they're coaching other people to do. So we wanted to select and vet very, very carefully which coaches we are and provide a platform for the coaches to be able to you know, work inside of this program. So you can learn more about it there. Uh, there is a button there where you click on where you actually apply. Um, we do not accept everybody into the program. Uh, some qualifiers that we really look for is for someone to already be at a place in their business to where they're not so embroiled out in the field work, doing the work out in the field that they don't have time to actually work on their business. My biggest fear that I have is that someone would join the program and two, three, four months later, they haven't been able to execute on everything. Every week they're coming to their calls and they're saying, oh, I haven't got this done because of this or I haven't got this done because of that. Uh, we don't want those people in the program. We only want people in the program that will see massive, massive return on their investment into themselves 
So we carefully select and vet people who we feel like have victim mentalities, people who we feel like uh, won't actually execute on their goals and won't actually make progress forward. And we're really looking for a, a humble mindset um, you know, to be able to be led by a coach and to be able to be accountable to their group. And we also want people that come into it saying, how can I help other people in the Conquer program? Not just how do I get all the value out of it for myself? So when we get on these calls uh, every single week, we really look for people that when someone's in the hot seat and they're talking, everyone just obsesses over how can they help this person out. And with that, you know, others first mentality uh, that's really what it means to be a conqueror. That's what it means to help others. Zig Ziglar said, you can have everything you want in the world if you help enough other people get what it is that they want. So that's really what we're looking for as far as, you know, the personality types of who we want inside of this tribe. Uh, they click apply, fill out the application. We get a whole bunch of information. And then what we do is a coach will actually call you and have a good fit conversation and further explore the conversation. And at the end of that conversation, they'll either say, hey, you know what? I think you would be a good fit. We're interested in having you join. And uh, or they would say, hey, you know what? You're not quite ready for it just yet. Um, but, you know, maybe come back uh, another time. And that's how the application process works. And then we onboard actually four people at a time in these conquer groups. Once we've hand selected three other business owners that are in similar industry as you and similar business stage. And then, then we bring you into the program. Awesome. So listen, everybody go to agsconquer.com, fill out the application. Don't be nervous to do it. We're not going to stiff arm you. We're just trying to filter out victims or people who just started their business a few minutes ago and really won't be able to execute on systems yet because they're in total survival mode. Uh, but you can have a smaller company if this is something that you're going to take serious, right? Because I have several people I'm working with that have smaller companies. It just depends. And you're not going to know if you don't apply. So go to AGS Conquer. But you need to understand, there's 85 businesses already in the Conquer program. And this is the first time I'm announcing it publicly. <laughs> so people kind of heard it at our event and then people they told their friends and it's just, it's getting crazy, right? And we only have, I don't even know the total spots based on the coaches, but we're at least 50% filled up right now. So you need to apply oh, yeah. right now to do this. This is a really cool opportunity. And when you're talking about coaches that maybe uh, uh, haven't accomplished anything or they're just, you know, a lot of talk or something. The other thing is, is this isn't generic business coaching. This is home service industry specific coaching. That, that, that by itself adds another layer of value because there's the unique challenges specific to the industries that we're in. So if you're a carpet cleaner, lawn care, if you're a contractor, we have gutter companies, gutter seam, gutter installation companies, we have pest control companies. All of them have the same architecture, but this program's designed for you, and you need to go to agsconquer.com uh, and fill it out. Do you have any final words of inspiration, Brandon, before I let you go? I think the big thing for me is, is that even if you decide not to join the Conquer program this year, uh, go out and find a coach, go out and get somebody, um, make sure that they understand your why they understand where you're at and where you're looking to go. Uh, don't just rely on the Facebook groups and the Facebook posts and the free information that's out there. Um, to me, I'd say that the same, you know, I I'm, I'm a person who knows exactly what to do to work out. I know exactly how to get back in shape. I know what exercises to do. I know how often I need to go. I know what my diet needs to be. Um, but having a personal coach for myself 
on the fitness, make sure that I wake up in the morning and I actually do it. I actually execute on it. And I think that, you know, what people also need to keep in mind is that when you, just like you said, when you pay, you pay attention. Um, so even if you don't, even if the conquer program looks like it may not be a fit for you, uh, definitely make sure that you are getting some kind of guide to help you along your journey of entrepreneurship, um, that really understands where you're at and has been where you're going. Mentorship is extremely, extremely important. Absolutely, man. That is well said. And everybody check this out. The difference between a dream and a goal is a plan. And if you have a plan, way to go. But what good is a plan if you don't execute on the plan? And how are you going to execute on the plan without like-minded people around you kicking you in the butt and calling you out when you're being a weenie, when you're hiding and you're and you're retracting into your shell and you're scared? You need accountability and community. We can provide that to you. And if nothing else you get out of this podcast, the seven stages of belief. What a powerful presentation you gave there, Brandon. It's awesome. I took notes. Uh, stage one, fear. Stage two, justification. Stage three, breakthrough. Stage four, denial. Stage five, depression. Stage six, acceptance. Stage seven is execution. And if you need help on that, if you've come to the realization that having a big, beautiful, automated business that serves your family and changes your community and provides jobs and opportunity for all the employees you're going to have and the future ones you're going to have, if you know that that is a real possibility, even though you're scared and you're ready to execute, the Conquer program is for you. Just go to agsconquer.com. I am so excited. I can barely contain it. This is going to be just an unbelievable 2019, Brandon. So thankful to be able to work with you, my friend. I appreciate you. I love you, buddy. And thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.